0: And good afternoon, thank you for tuning in, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. A lot of local news today, so we're going to get into some of that stuff here in just a second. First, I've got to tell you, if you're looking for a used vehicle, car, truck, van, SUV, crossover, sometimes even more, go to rbcarcompany.com. They have their full inventory, special offers right there on the website. Let them know that I sent you. All right, so I just want to go over a couple of quick little stories about masks locally. Um, This story is at 953MNC.com. Masks will be optional inside Penn Harris Madison schools. Uh, We obviously were just kind of talking about that with the Goshen thing with Clifton French, but one of the reasons that Goshen wasn't being covered is PHM was having their big mask discussion. So they will be optional uh, at least for now going forward. And after Beacon Health Systems reached out to Elkhart and decided to push the issue, uh, Elkhart, most of you know this. Again, I didn't get a chance to get to it yesterday. Uh, Elkhart uh, County Health Department has issued new mask guidance. Uh, so they are recommending masks for indoor use as well. But again, this this basically happened, and Beacon did it to everybody locally. But once Beacon did it uh, in Elkhart, it was like right after that they did this. Um, where they were just, you know, Beacon comes out and says, we we recommend that everybody wear masks indoors and all that stuff. Like I said, it's what's interesting about the Beacon thing, and I have a feeling that um, Beacon might be shooting themselves in the foot here in the near future. Imagine if you're a, a health worker and you go the entire pandemic, there's no vaccine. You know the PPE doesn't work. You know, your, your nurses were being infected at higher rates than any other population. You go through that entire thing without a vaccine, um, with virtually no treatments available, and you are exposed to COVID, and you are told by your employer, Beacon, that you better show up to work the next day, even though you've been exposed to COVID. So if something happens, you come in close contact with with a COVID-positive individual. Everybody's supposed to isolate for two weeks. You were not allowed to do that if you work for Beacon during the pandemic. You had to come to work the next day. There's several places that did this. But if you were a first responder in the city of Elkhart, you had to show up to work if you were exposed to COVID. If you worked for Beacon Health, you had to show up to work if you were exposed to COVID the next day. Okay. Now, all of a sudden, that same employer is telling you, we were okay with you coming to work exposed to COVID. We were okay with you, you know, risking your safety to treat people with COVID throughout the entire pandemic with, with no way to protect you. We were okay with that but now we're going to fire you if you don't get a vaccine. Imagine how that feels. It's got to feel like a tremendous betrayal. At least that's the that's the viewpoint that I have been getting from dozens of Beacon employees. They feel betrayed. Beacon has a prerogative to do this. I get that. Um they are making the case for safety and everything else going. I I get that. But if people were not being protected throughout the pandemic, and now all of a sudden you're going to fire them after putting themselves in jeopardy for a year, a little bit longer than a year. And all of a sudden you're just, ah, we're going to cast you aside now. That's got to hurt a little bit. So Beacon sends out this notice to to all of the counties, and uh, Elkhart responds. They want masks and indoors. These, these are recommended, okay, recommended. They're not requirements. Uh, then you've got the story, which you just heard in the news break here, and I've been laughing about off the air for some time. Um, If you go back in time, you'll understand most people have forgotten about this story. So the South Bend Council voted to switch authority over the police review board. Now, for those of you who don't remember, um, they kind of wanted Mayor Mueller to have authority over the board from the beginning of this thing, and then that didn't happen because they wanted to get it away from politics? Well, now it's going right back to Mayor Mueller, which is hysterical uh, because well, let's I'll just be perfectly honest, a bunch of you got politically outmaneuvered in South Bend. The South Bend Common Council has passed a bill officially removing authority over the Community Police Review Board from the city clerk. Mayor James Mueller now oversees the board. And of course, Mueller's like, "I I humbly and begrudgingly accept the responsibilities." He always wanted the authority to begin with. It's like, what are you doing? Everybody forgets how this story all started. He wanted the or to do this anyway um here's the thing it's either a unique talent in the city of south bend to not do background checks on people that they hire because the city of south bend has done this repeatedly you can go back to uh police chief teachman former police chief teachman i was the only person in local media who actually checked out who he was i interviewed People on the city council, the city council president from New Bedford came on this show and said, Teachman is a racist. He's a terrible hire. You shouldn't hire him. And then what happened after all of that? Numerous accusations of bigotry about former chief Teachman. What I guess somebody should have listened to the people who used to work with him in New Bedford, Massachusetts, but they didn't. They didn't do a background check. They wanted to hire from outside. They brought him in, turned out to be a terrible hire. It was a disaster for the city. So you've got this unique ability of hiring people in South Bend to do jobs for the government or in concert with the government, and nobody checks, about their, checks on their background. You know, this is all because this guy was who's on this board was suspended like seven times. At least six times as an officer from Indianapolis Metro. Okay. Don Jones hired Joshua Reynolds as the new director of the board back in May, but after it was revealed that Reynolds was suspended at least six times as an officer with the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department, Mayor Mueller called for his resignation. All right, makes sense. During a Black Lives Matter news conference on Monday. uh, Reynolds spoke out against the amendment to the ordinance and says that the mayor had his chance to run aboard and have oversight of the police department. True. He's been in office for a year and a half and the community has not seen any change. Reynolds said he's not wrong. He's not wrong. That's why the community has come out and, and supported me so much. I don't know about that. Uh, They see me out here trying to make a difference. I'm listening to people and their concerns, and they have the police department. I'm willing to look into matters deeper. Okay, Now, friendly reminder, when you hear um, Black Lives Matter in South Bend, just know that's the Latin Kings gang. That's pretty much what we're talking about. BLM in South Bend is pretty much run by the Latin Kings gang. Not everybody, but that's pretty much the organizational structure. After the council approved the amendment, uh, a letter from Mayor Mueller was read aloud. It said the city clerk had excluded the common council. Uh from reaching a consensus on the hiring decision for the director and that she refused to terminate Reynolds, Mary Mueller says that the hiring and discipline of the director will now need majority support of the common council by resolution approved through normal public process okay um it's look it's not the worst thing in the world. what I just find so funny about all of this is that somebody didn't bother to look into the background of somebody and and i'm not I'm not saying that Reynolds is guilty of anything serious, but he was suspended several times at least half a dozen times uh from Indianapolis doesn't mean much. Good officers get suspended all the time because of crazy stuff. That it happens. It's entirely possible that's in his background. Um, maybe it's possible that that uh, Don Jones looked into that and made a decision. I don't know. Don Jones doesn't have a rosy record herself, <laughs> so who knows? It's, it's just it's this uncanny ability of the city of South Bend to just to hire people and frankly the people to elect people without looking into their background. Don Jones is not uncontroversial. <laughs> but she brings somebody in, has been suspended six times look maybe he's a good guy maybe those suspensions were were just you know public relations and they weren't in any way meaningful maybe but when you're looking at somebody to be on this police review board doesn't look good to have somebody who's been suspended multiple times as a police officer on the review board can we all agree on that so probably not the best choice in the world right go figure but now you've got uh, you know, Mayor Mueller is going to have a, a say in all of this and a majority vote with the, uh, the Common Council, uh, which, to be fair, the Common Council and mayors uh, in recent history have not always gotten along, even though they're the same political party. So who knows? Maybe that'll end up benefiting everybody. I'm not so sure. But we'll see. OK, it's, <laughs> the funny thing is that <laughs> this is this is kind of how it all was supposed to go down to begin with. And now it's just oh, right back into into where it was supposed to originally have gone. So much for the, the lack of political process, right? All right, we got more coming up. News ninety-five 953, Michiana's News Channel. What is today, Tuesday? All right, so today, here's the deal. You're probably tired. You don't want to cook. But you want a home-cooked meal. One's going to stick to you. You don't want a dainty little overpriced meal that's going to still leave you hungry. You want something that's that's going to fill you up, satisfy you, taste great, in a great environment for your family, good atmosphere where you don't have to get all dolled up. You can just go straight from work because you're blue-collar and you're awesome. That's where Heine's in Elkhart comes in. So today's Tuesday, fried chicken dinners are special. Uh, And then, of course, tomorrow is one of my personal favorites, the 32-ounce sirloin for two every Wednesday over at Heine's. Look, this is a fantastic restaurant. I was just there a couple of weeks ago for the motorcycle rally that was there. It was a lot of fun. Their annual tent party is a blast. But this is a place that I go to on a regular basis. I drag the family along with me occasionally. The kids love it over there. The food's amazing. They've got a great selection of stuff, no matter what your palate is. But for me, I like aged beef. Uh, Most of you know that I thoroughly enjoy my steak. I enjoy uh, steak certain ways, and Heine's has always, always prepared it perfectly. It doesn't break the budget. You don't have to get dolled up and wear a tuxedo to go have a great meal. You get off of work. You're hungry. You deserve a good steak. Go to Heine's. You can visit them online, see their full menu at Heine's.com. But again, Heine's is on Lusher in Elkhart. And as always, please let your server know that I sent you to Heine's. All right. What else do we have here? Uh, um, I think I'm going to now, I'm going to uh, save the McDonald's story for Coffee with Casey, I think. But uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> How many times. Over the years, have I told you about the various topics in education that are being called racist, math is racist, reading is racist, Uh, English literature is racist, showing up in time is racist, Uh, science is racist, Uh, spelling is racist. There's various other things, okay? You you get the gist. And I've told you before, it always comes from the left, right? People who are middle of the road um, or politically on the right, they want everybody to get a good education. People on the left encourage... If you are a minority, low-income minority, and you get a good education, all of these things you have to do to get a good education are, in fact, oppressive and racist. Therefore, you are really allowing yourself to be oppressed by conforming to the standards of getting a good education, which dissuades people from getting a good education. You mix that with some cultures in the United States, which actively oppose good education, and you have yourself a perfect cocktail to keep a permanent underclass available in this country. Oregon. The governor of Oregon has signed a new law allowing students to graduate without proving that they can read, write, or do math. What could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? I know there's going to be some parent out there who's going to get upset with me and they're going to call me up or they're going to send me an email and they're going to say, my kid is smart, but they don't test good. They fail every test that they do. Okay. And. It's almost like when you tell people, hey, being obese is really, really bad for your health. Well, it's. It's not my fault I have a health condition, all right? There's like three people in the world who have that health condition. I'm sorry that you're one of them, but my my point still stands for everybody else. An Oregon high school diploma does not guarantee that students who earned it can read, write, or do math at a high school level. Like I said, what could go wrong? Governor Kate Brown, who's white, dropped the requirements that students demonstrate they have achieved those essential skills by signing Senate Bill 744 into law. She declined again on Friday to comment on why she supported suspending the proficiency requirements, according to Oregon Live. The bill was not entered into legislative into the legislative database until July 29th, which is a departure from the standard practice of updating a public database the same day that a bill has been signed. Yeah, I wonder why I wonder why that happened. Charles Boyle, the governor deputy communications director, said the governor's staff told legislative staff the same day that the governor signed the bill. Boyle said in an emailed statement that suspending the reading, writing, and math proficiency requirements will benefit Oregon's black, Latino, Latina, Latinx, which nobody agrees with, indigenous, Asian, Pacific Islander, tribal, and students of color. Uh, friendly reminder, there's no such thing as an indigenous person in the West. Just friendly reminder. Um, Look, <laughs> how does that benefit anybody? How? How again? Okay, so you have a high school diploma. Cool. What else can you do? You're going to get hired. You get hired from a job that only requires a high school diploma, and then you can't read the signs that you're required to be able to read while you're at work. You get fired. You start pulling this nonsense in a job environment. The two plus two does in fact equal whatever the heck you feel like that day. And guess what? You're going to get fired. And these employers, the real world is going to look around. and They're going to go, how did you get a diploma if you can't read, write or do math? And then those people are going to be in perpetual squalor because they're not going to be able to go to college. Let's think about this right now, right? If the goal here is to get you out of high school so you have a chance of going to college, how can you go to college if you can't read, write, or do math? How's that going to work? Not even in community college can you get away with that. I'm not trying to downplay community college, folks. I'm just saying the standards are a lot lower and everybody knows it, but you still have to be able to do the basics to go to community college. Well, now you don't have to. So the government will once again give you loans. Those folks are going to go to college. Those folks will flunk out of college, but you will still owe the government the full amount of those loans, which is what has been happening with the student loan racket in this country for over a decade. The student loan racket, in case you're not familiar, one of the reasons that admissions into various schools around the country have been lowered is so you can go to college. They know that, I think it's something like like almost 60% of people like drop out of college or something like that at various state school levels. It depends on the level of, of college you're in. But large quantities will not finish college. And when they drop out, you still owe the full balance of the loan. The university gets to keep the money that they were given as a part of your loan. You don't get the college education. You don't get the benefit of the degree, but you still have to pay it all back. It's a win for them. It's a lose for you. Now, as people are pointing out in the live stream, they're just going to lower the college standards. Then college degrees won't mean anything anymore. And then nobody will go to college, and then colleges won't make money. So what is what is the benefit here? This does not help minorities who are low income at all. By the way, friendly reminder, most of the poor people, most of the people who are destitute in the United States of America continue to be white. They have a far larger, low poverty population than any other group. Many of those groups combined. Nobody cares about them. Nobody cares about the poor trailer park. Leaders from those communities have advocated time and again for equitable graduation standards along with expanded learning opportunities and support. Okay, you can't have expanded learning opportunities and support if you don't require them to learn There is nobody serious in any community who thinks that this is going to be a good thing for our kids to let them get a high school diploma without them being proficient in reading, writing, and math. Nobody thinks that is a good thing. Graduation rates don't mean much if the graduates can't function. What it does do though, what it does do is it creates a permanent lower class and that permanent lower class will rely on public services. Those public services will be promised to them by politicians. Those politicians will promise to give them those services only if those folks give them their votes. This is what Mr. Peterson, my teacher in high school, was talking about when he came in that day. And he locked the door after coming to the class late. And he barricaded the door and he closed the window and he told us they don't want you to succeed. They want you to be cocktail waitresses, car dealers, and strippers. That's what he meant back in the 1990s, and it's still happening. More coming up, 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon, thank you for tuning in, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I did get a couple of questions about this. Yes, I did buy a car from R&B Car Company while I was on vacation. True story, that did happen. Um, A lot of people thought that I might have been joking or lying about that. No, that really did happen. Wife has a new car, so we both have new cars now with very low mileage, which is something we haven't had in a long time. Uh, we did the Junker beater thing for a while, and and we're well, more frankly, over it. Um, so the the reliability aspect of it for us was was worth the extra cost of payments, uh, which still gives me hives and stress, and um, and occasionally a broken blood vessel in my eyeball. But you know, hey, you got you got to do what you got to do. But uh, speaking of R and B car company, uh, if you're looking for a used vehicle. Go to rbcarcompany.com. They've got locations in South Bend and Warsaw. Let them know that I sent you. Okay, speaking of Oregon, since we were just talking about the governor of Oregon, basically saying you do not need to prove that you can read, write, or do math in order to graduate high school and get a diploma. uh, What ended up happening is there was a, uh, in Portland, which is in Oregon, in case you didn't know, Portland, Oregon, there was a Christian group that organized a prayer service. They were at the Tom McCall Waterfront Park. I have not spent a lot of time in Portland. I was in Seattle, uh, but I did not spend a lot of time in Portland. I did occasionally go there, so I don't not familiar with the city. Um, there were about 50 people who were there. Now they, because this is Portland, they did have members of the Proud Boys working as security. And for those of you who do not know, the Proud Boys are not a white supremacist organization. Uh, we interviewed a member of the Proud Boys who happens to be a Proud Black man on the show. We have published that interview, if anybody is interested. He talked about the organization, the demographics of the organization. They have never been a white supremacist group at all. Um, There was a member who had infiltrated their ranks, who had issued some white supremacist edicts and things like that. He was immediately kicked out of the group and admonished. Uh, If you go to their their websites or all of their social media, they will tell you point blank in their charter that they are a anti-racist uh they do not tolerate that stuff in the organization but because this is portland and anybody who is christian or any anything else in portland they get attacked by antifa because antifa is allowed to run the entire city of portland oregon and even with the mayor running into physical altercations with antifa after he supported them for an extended period of time they still haven't gotten control over the situation in portland Antifa is a domestic terrorist organization by every possible definition you can think of. Anybody who thinks that what happened on January 6th in D.C. was an insurrection and those are domestic terrorists will automatically have to believe that Antifa is a bigger, more insurrectionist, more terrorist organization than what happened on January 6th. There is no denying it. There's no argument about it. There is zero debate about this. None. None. So Antifa decides that they are going to attack this prayer group. Now keep in mind, prayer group, minding their business, 50 people there, they're holding a public prayer, they're in a public park, they're doing that, minding their own business, they get attacked by Antifa. Antifa attacks them, Antifa tries to dismantle the PA system, Uh, Antifa is now in a physical altercation with the Proud Boys, and they are exchanging gunfire with paintball guns. Did I did I not tell you that this was going to escalate into paintball and pellets, and then finally we're going to end up getting real guns? Bear spray was used and that sort of stuff. But, again, this all happened in Oregon with the governor who just signed a bill saying you don't have to read, write, or do math to graduate high school anymore. It's essentially a lawless city. In a state that is largely run by a disconnected individual. Now, right next door in Washington state, same thing. Governor of Washington state, uh, anti police, pro defund the police, you know, BLM, that sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden, crime starts shooting through the roof, and she's on national television the week before I go on vacation, begging for more police officers. Guess you should have thought about that. The service was disrupted by members of Antifa clad in black who began throwing smoke grenades and attempting to dismantle the, the group's PA system. Videos on Twitter show the confrontation between the groups during the service where an individual in all black sprays what appears to be pepper spray at the speakers. It was bear mace. Uh let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh the guy apparently who is holding this prayer group is uh, apparently he's an agitator. Um, Even the New York Post is describing as anti-gay. I don't know who this guy is. No clue. Um, But in the United States of America, you're allowed to pray publicly. You're in a public park. You're allowed to do this. And even if what you're saying is, shall we say, um, uncouth, you're allowed to. And you're allowed to do it without being physically assaulted by people who disagree with you. And at the end of the day, what was happening is they were having a prayer group. This guy might might very well be um, a horrible person. I don't know anything about him. Don't know the name. Don't know anything about him. Not interested in looking it up. To be honest with you, perhaps he's a bad person. Don't know. Don't care. He's got a right to be in that park with a group of people and and do this without being physically assaulted. Period. Now, when you have a group running around attacking only one, essentially one group, they will they will attack conservatives and republicans and Christians and that sort of thing, and that is their sole target. You have to start asking questions, you know, at what point will we actually start to declare them a hate group? Because that's who Antifa is. They are a hate group. They are fascist. By definition, they're fascist. They claim they're anti-fascist, but they are fascist. They're, They're just, it's weird because they're fascist, but they use Leninist strategy. Strange, but that's how it is. Um, Their whole strategy is to... Lenin used to be famous for this, and and a lot of people forget this about Lenin in history. Lenin would take ownership of definitions that his opponents would use in a debate. So, for example, if you are a fascist, to take away the argument from somebody else calling you a fascist, you call yourself an anti-fascist. And then when your opponent calls you a fascist... (laughs) It's right in my name. I'm anti-fascist. You're the fascist. So it is a strategy that Lenin used on a regular basis in his public conversations and debates with people um, long before the the Soviet Union was able to uh, to come to being. So this is just kind of their strategy. So they are fascist, but they use Leninist strategy. Very interesting to watch this all play out. Again, it's, you know, it's horrible. I, I know people in Portland. They're, no, we're done. We're done. We don't want to live here anymore. A lot of them can't move because of the way the economy is right now and pandemic and all of that other stuff. They can't find another place to go. But a lot of them are want they want out. There's just no options for them at this point. But um, again, I don't know anything about the speaker. The speaker could be a subhuman. It doesn't really matter. He's allowed to speak in a park without being attacked. And they didn't they didn't start it. Antifa once again, as they always do, started the altercation. Uh, it got physical, paintballs, pepper spray, physical assaults, all sorts of stuff. Um, and that's not okay. And it used to be in the United States that we understood that, that people were were allowed to go into public and say objectionable things. And you could ignore them or you could debate them, but you were not allowed to physically assault them. That's no longer the case. The left in this country has decided that if they don't like what you're saying, they are allowed to physically assault you. It is literally in their credos. All right. One of the things uh, when you have Antifa around, though, is you're going to get broken windows. And that's why... I like having a great company who does windows in my back pocket, and that's where Faber's B Window comes in. They don't just do windows, they they do doors, they do siding, they do uh, patio enclosures, even bathroom remodels, but they are best known probably for their windows. If you go to bwindow.com, you can take a look at all of the great services that they they, um, actually provide. They have a virtual consultation process as well, and you can receive up to 50% off windows doors, siding, and bathrooms. Plus, they even have, right now for a limited time, manufacturer rebates and 15-year unsecured financing up to $100,000 with the first 18 months, no interest, no payments with a qualifying purchase. All of that is available at bwindow.com. They even even give away $36,000, by the way. That's a little contest happening on their website. So go to bwindow.com. Make your appointment today, whether it's in-person or virtual consultation, and let Fabersby Window know that I sent you. More coming up, Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Well, something I've been saying on the show for an extended period of time uh, can no longer be said. So I, I guess we've got to change things up a little bit. Don't forget we're broadcasting on Rumble as well. So if you want to watch a video of this and engage in the chat on Rumble or Discord or what have you, go to rumble.com slash Casey the host. Please hit the subscribe button. Like I said, it doesn't cost you anything. Uh, when we get to 1,000 subs, we will do a giveaway. Uh, there will be an Amazon gift card involved in that, custom artwork, some other stuff. Uh, but we have to get to 1,000 subs. We're almost there. We're, we're close. But go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. Hit that subscribe button. So for a long time on this show, I, I've been pointing out that um, there's really only public one public official that I can remember and I can recall in my entire career where the entire police department turned their backs on them. And that is mayor de Blasio in New York. I don't know of anybody else. Maybe it's happened and I'm just not aware, but certainly in my career, I'm not aware of anybody else who is a public official who has had an entire police department turn their back on them other than mayor de Blasio. I can't say that anymore because it happened to Beetlejuice, excuse me, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago. It's um, but by the way, when she wears a mask, it just accentuates the, the Beetlejuice vibe. Uh, it's it's um, yeah, it's it's something anyway. Chicago police officers turned their backs on Mayor Lori Lightfoot when she arrived at the hospital after one officer is killed and another critically wounded, according to the Chicago Sun-Times. And, you know, Officer Ella French is the first woman police officer to be killed since like 1983 in Chicago. She was shot and killed Saturday during a traffic stop just after 9 p.m. Her male partner was shot and hospitalized in critical condition. The Chicago Sun-Times noted that approximately 30 officers turned their backs on Lightfoot when she arrived at the hospital. The Sun-Times also pointed out that Lightfoot tried to talk to the male officer's father, who himself is a retired Chicago police officer. Uh, In Chicago and New York and places like that, Law enforcement is a generational thing. If you're in Chicago or New York and a couple of other cities, if you were a fireman, your kids were firemen. If you were a police officer, your kids are police officers for generation after generation after generation. It's just something that that happens in in those areas. Not everywhere in the country, but in those two cities in particular, very, very, very long history of it. So. The, the father of the male police officer is in critical condition in the hospital. The retired police officer himself from Chicago. Sources who were at the hospital said the officer's father clearly wanted nothing to do with Lightfoot, unquote. The Fraternal Order of Police President John Catanzaro spoke about the officers turning their, their backs on Lightfoot, saying the police officer's decision to turn their backs on the mayor while waiting, in the fam- waiting with the family on the seventh floor was significant turning their backs on the mayor was an excellent example of how the hundreds of police officers felt waiting outside of the hospital there's 30 cops inside the hospital there's hundreds more outside of the hospital and the fraternal order of police president when he was asked about this he says yeah what they did basically conveyed how we all felt he didn't try and soften the blow and say look You know, emotions were high. One of theirs had just fallen. One was clean to life, and they were upset. He didn't try to do that. He point blank said, when they turned their backs on her, they were conveying how we all feel. Hard to argue against that. The Chicago Tribune reported that Lightfoot's office released a statement on Monday addressing the officer's reaction to her by saying, in a time of tragedy, emotions run high, and that is to be expected. Hey. That's what I just said. Except the Fraternal Order of Police said, yeah, that's bullcrap. We meant it. (laughs) This is, you know, I don't know how many of you have paid attention to the press conferences between Beetlejuice and that reporter from Newsmax, but you need to watch those. Now, this is a Chicago native reporter from Newsmax, and every time he asks her questions, she gets caught lying. She lied about the crime rate going down in Chicago. It was, it was laughable how she said it. No, all the trends we have are crimes going down. No, you're outpacing murders in Chicago this year from last year. There's no trend going down. There's no trend going down in violent crime. Violence against police officers is up in the city of Chicago, and it doesn't matter how many microphones Beetlejuice tries to swallow to spread her lies. It isn't true. And there's literally one person In those press conferences, in the entire city of Chicago's media, one person who asks those questions, not a single Chicago news source other than Newsmax confronted her on the fact that she lied about the crime rate and violence against police officer in those multiple exchanges over a period of about a week or so. If you haven't seen this, I'm telling you right now, go on, search wherever you're going, rumble.com or wherever. Newsmax versus Lori Lightfoot and just watch multiple press conference exchanges between her and this reporter from Newsmax. It was a Chicago native. Her denying of of uh, of racial riots in the city of Chicago, there were no race riots. What are you talking about? It's just it's bizarre behavior. And this is why you get an entire police department turning their backs on you. So it is something that de Blasio and Lightfoot uniquely know.